0: Welcome to the Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe.
1: It's the Advertising Show, Ray Schillens, Brad Forsythe, being brought to you by Advertising A. Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising show is a big radio midgets production. And it's probably uh, the best part of an hour you're going to spend with with anybody today, okay? It's a very special visit with Karen Jones, who is Vice President of Advertising, Brand, and Promotions for DHL, the Red and Yellow Guys, okay? Mm -hmm. And is responsible for building the uh, DHL brand through advertising, sponsorships, and brand identities. So uh, Karen is out of Plantation, Florida, a beautiful, beautiful suburb of uh, Fort Lauderdale, and we've got Karen for uh, uh, three segments here this day. So it's it's a good. We're looking yeah. good. Also have, uh, uh, let's see, Patrick Meyer here just a little bit ahead. It's called Naughty is Nice. Earlier, a couple of weeks ago, he did a thing called Naughty is Nice uh, Part 1. This is Part 2. Okay. And huh. we have uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, too. And the benefits of networking. If you're not familiar with Jeffrey Gittimer, you probably don't read the city business journals, but hopefully you do. And uh, he's got a lot of great stuff out there. So, uh, Or one of his uh, popular books now. He's on the bestseller list. He's on the bestseller list. He's got yeah. all the great seminars as well. He's trimmed his beard. He looks a lot better.
2: And uh, bought himself a new shirt.
1: <laughs> so that, that's Jeffrey. So yeah. we got to, we got Jeffrey a little bit later on this hour. So what's cooking with you?
2: Well, you know, in the interest of uh, follow through, don't you hate it when you hear some news item and then you don't hear any more about it? Well, not to be, uh, yeah. you know, in that group, uh, we reported a, a few weeks ago about Rush Limbaugh and his, uh, you know, a little problem with the drug controversy. Yeah, a little remember. problem
1: popped up in West Palm Beach, actually.
2: <laughs> popped up, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and no stiff penalty. I might add, he Five. got off. Yeah, but Did you hear about That's this? a little bit too far, Brad. Okay. Well, it is. But the, apparently the state attorney's uh, office decided not to prosecute him uh, after a container Anyone of Viagra pre, pre, uh, pre <laughs> prescribed to someone else that customs officials found in his uh, luggage at Palm Beach, your old area, Ray, International Airport last month. The prescription for the pills apparently were uh, in the uh, name of Limbaugh's shrink or psychologist. Uh, I don't know why that would be. Oh Well, I guess I could see that. That could be tied in they say sex is all in your mind anyway, right? Uh, Mostly, Uh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. mine is, too. I I lost it the other day, and then I found it right there in my (laughs) mind. Uh, Yeah, no, but uh, apparently the psychologist said that he had allowed his uh, name to appear on the bottle to prevent embarrassing publicity for Limbaugh. Well, it looks like our plan kind of failed, didn't it? Exactly. So what's interesting about this isn't over yet, Ray. Apparently the uh, case will be reviewed by the Miami-Dade County uh, State Attorney's Office because that's where the prescription was written. So even though the the state's... Uh, saying they're not going to mess with Rush, uh, the the county's still debating it.
1: They they have better things to do, like count ballots. Okay, something yeah. like that. Yeah, true. Poor Rush, <laughs> how yeah. embarrassing!
2: And how silly the whole
1: thing is. But really, when you get right down to it, Brad, the doctor probably should have just gone ahead and put his name on it. Come on.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, it, you know. And again, um, is he still dating the the uh, newscaster from uh, CNN? I wonder. I do. That would know. be re- really where the embarrassing part would be. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. Who? Well, what, the morning uh, person? I, uh, she's well known. If I were, she's uh, one of the anchors, and she does, you know, a few hours on CNN, and quite an attractive lady. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll figure this out. But, uh, hmm. I, and I knew I shouldn't have brought her name up because I don't know her name, but I know her by well, maybe uh, Karen Jones knows her name or something. Well, that's no. true. Or maybe yeah. it's Karen Jones no, that he's dating.
1: No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Hey, um, uh, ads, five second ads. Uh, they're, they're coming up with these things. Um, but you'd love it because it cuts your work down. You're doggone right. It, it may take it says it may take longer to read this sentence than to watch one of Honda's recent mini commercials. It's just five seconds. The T V ad shows the features of its new fit hatchback, which by the way, my daughter just bought one and those are really cool. Yeah. Followed by a computer type voice saying, The fit is go. Cool. Five hmm. seconds. And, you know, Clear Channel created a McDonald's ad. Uh, the one-second? Yeah, you know, one-second ad with the mm-hmm. I'm-loving-it jingle, a Mini Cooper ad with a honk and a voice that says, Mini. Right. Uh, and what they're, well, you know, what they this is kind of stupid. I Personally, I think if you do a good ad, you can do
2: it in five seconds. You can even do it in one second. Uh, <laughs> well, it's really. supporting uh, some other, you know, full campaign that's hopefully a 30 or a exactly. 15. But, yeah. Yeah, but it's not, you know, people misconstrue that. It's not like you're trying to say use a you know a series of 1 second ads 60 of them and well, then you'll have yeah, a spot yeah 60 no. ads
1: yeah exactly no. right. it doesn't no. work that way but it right. does it does work and it is Reinforce. a supplemental type of uh, type sure type. sure so uh, so that's that well, basically what they're trying to do is trying to counter tivo and that's not the way to do it if you want to counter tivo then Build a good commercial. uh, Hmm. Build a good campaign. That's the way you counter TiVo. I agree. So, uh, you know what we're going to do? Let's take a break here. I want to bring in uh, Patrick here. Uh, Naughty is nice, whatever that is. Part two. We'll find out here. (laughs) Part two. We should have learned. I forgot what part one is, but here's part two.
3: Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring
4: Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about something that's so simple but may make you scream with delight. It's called Naughty is Nice. Yankelovich recently reported that one of the key insights was willful disobedience. 73% of consumers feel empowered to break the rules, to break the rules a bit. They want to break the rules having more fun. They want to break the rules in how they shop. They want to break the rules in terms of what they get from brands, things that they're doing that surprise and delight them, things that are brought their way by brands that are their favorites. Think about Target target breaks the rules constantly they aren't like Walmart they have more fun they have more personality and they bring them something special and unique so what I want you to do is to take your ad campaign your media plan your marketing plan everything you do and put it through a naughty as nice filter do you have a little bit of playfulness in what you're doing Do you make the consumer smile? Are you bringing out things that would cause them to talk about your brand? Look across your whole set of plans and systematically try and find a couple things over a 12-month period that are a little bit naughtier than everybody else that's in the category.
3: You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of
4: marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now.
1: Patrick Meyer does have a reputation for being naughty and nice. Just depends sure. on what time of the year it is, right? That's true. Uh, Karen Jones, vice president, advertising, brand, and promotions for DHL, responsible for building the uh, DHL brand out of Plantation, Florida, this weekend. Uh, Karen, uh, her expertise and experience uh, lies in global brand building. She joined uh, H, uh, actually DHL from HP, which would be really confusing if all if they didn't go
2: by Hewlett Packard. Wow. Uh, <laughs> she's kind of she's looking for a job, but we can't tell you the name of the initials because it of has the company three initials, exactly. Right, so, IBM. Yeah,
1: so Karen will be with us here momentarily. See, we have her in the green room now, so to speak. It's called a mute she, switch. And, does she uh, like
2: the snacks? I wonder, that we left. I'm sure she does. Because yeah. She's what was her at beverage at choice? Goldslager uh, per- as I recall. No, it was Perrier. Perrier. Man, that stuff to wash down here. the gold slugger she brought with her.
1: You, uh, that's, that's one thing I do not
2: do. That's <laughs> yeah, me neither. Bad idea. I tasted it once. It's uh, nasty stuff.
1: Hey, you and I had Blue Moon beer in Chicago years yeah. ago, mm-hmm. and I saw it on the grocery s- uh, shelf uh, this past weekend.
2: Makes you howl. They finally got distribution in Texas, huh? Yeah, so it's good. It's good beer, too, as a matter of and fact. And the logo is shows a, like a wolf howling at the moon or something.
1: That's, I don't recall the wolf, but I do recall the moon, and it's kind of a lunar pale Yellow uh, uh, bottle with a, uh, a blue uh, label as well. The, re- the reason
2: I remember cool. the animal is because when you and I finished that evening sampling those blue moons, unfortunately, we and were, fortunately at we were in, a yeah. mot- in a hotel. in a hotel. We were in <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a motel. No, uh, yeah. Who was it? AAF that put us up for that was it? no, no. We were in the for Crane. That's yeah, right, exactly. Crane communications. Exactly. Yeah. We have to take a break, though. Isn't
1: that nice? On the advertising show, it's Ray Shillens, Brad Forsyth, and Karen Jones, vice president of uh, advertising brand promotions for DHL. Will be joining us here momentarily.
0: Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to the Advertising Show with Ray Shillens and Brad Forsythe.
1: You ask what kind of things we have in the green room? We don't mm-hmm. have that. Okay, that's fine. What, Meow Mix? Meow mix, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we do have uh, Blue Moon Beer. Uh, Karen Jones, Vice President of Advertising Brand Promotions for DHL. Uh, prior to that, uh, she was with uh, Hewlett Packard, 15 years developing the HP brand. And also uh, responsibilities before HP was uh, uh, several positions at Compaq Computer Corporation, including Director of Marketing for the IPAC products and uh, also under um, our own marketing communications company, Ballast Communications, here in our home market of Houston. So, Karen, I've got to tell you, it's great to have you on the advertising show. Thanks for taking time out of your weekend
2: to be here. Great.
5: Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, Karen, and you know, Ray, when he was reading your bio last segment, he, he was giving you credit uh, for building the entire uh, brand identity for DHL, and of course, we know that uh, in, in 04, I understand, when you joined DHL, that, uh, that they really hadn't done much advertising in the U.S. up until that point. Was that one of the first items up for change for you when you joined the uh, organization?
5: Yeah, it definitely was when I uh, came into the corporation in 2004, um, the year prior in 2003, Um, In the U.S., we had actually acquired Airborne Express. So if you really think about DHL, DHL is the number one logistics and express company in the world, which when you come to the U.S., it's kind of surprising to people that that's the case. It's actually much bigger than our set of competitions, FedEx and UPS. Um, But all of that growth is really outside the U.S. So within the U.S., um, we were a much smaller player. Um, than the competition, and so basically the job that we had to do was to reinvent this brand in the U.S. Um, It had been about 20 years since DHL had done any um, advertising in the marketplace at all within the U.S., and so we really had to gain awareness again and get people to consider us um, and get them to understand that we were part of the game. Uh, in the U.S. for domestic and international
2: shipping. You know, it's a, an exciting uh, opportunity, I'm sure, for you to, to work from a clean slate, so to speak, and be able to build a brand that really didn't have uh, uh, much identity. And y- you mentioned uh, the size of DHL. I, I think it, m- it must have been difficult, Karen, for DHL from a corporate culture standpoint, I would assume, uh, to be the underdog in U.S., especially when you guys are number one everywhere else in the world.
5: Yeah, it is kind of tough to come into a market when you are the number one leader um, everywhere else except for the U.S. And I think what's really interesting about that is um, in all the positions that I've held before in companies that you work in in the U.S., you generally think, you know, the U.S. is a dominant market for everything. Um, and actually being in this position for the first time in my marketing career, I was in the U.S., which was the emerging market, which is really kind of an interesting concept. Um, but from the standpoint of really you know, having to build something internally, we did have a clean slate in many instances where we had perceptions about DHL, but having not advertised in 20 years, and then Airborne Express didn't advertise either, um, the flavor out there for the brand was really rather vanilla. Um, and the awareness was at an all-time low. So if you said, you know, if you ask people when you think of an express shipping company who's on top of mind, 19% of the time they said DHL. Mm-hmm. So you really don't have to, fall, to go to fall off the floor when your awareness <laughs> levels mm-hmm. are that low. Uh,
2: yeah. You
5: really have nowhere to go but up. Um, but we had to do it in quite short order.
2: Yeah, and we're going to talk about your new campaign, or relatively new campaign, that uh, helped put you guys uh, certainly in the game, so to speak. But you mentioned uh, Airborne Express. What was the strategy behind acquiring uh, Airborne?
5: The strategy behind Airborne Express was really, uh, as you think again, about that international expertise. we We did not have a ground network infrastructure. So we didn't have the domestic capability for getting a package efficiently, from Plantation to Duluth. And Mm -hmm. so we needed a a ground network operation that would enable us to domestically become a carrier uh, within the U.S. So when we looked around, you know, there are a lot of options. You can grow a business organically, um, which takes a lot of time. Right. Uh, Or you can, you know, acquire. And so basically uh, the best option for DHL at that point was to acquire the assets of Airborne Express. Um, because that enabled us very quickly and in short order to come up to speed with that uh, infrastructure that we needed within the u s to compete effectively with FedEx and UPS yeah,
2: and you know uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the uh, his, the uh, San Francisco uh, base for DHL when it originated, yeah, just to show that Ray and I were talking and doing a little uh, digging on uh, DHL, we happened to have figured out through, through the world of the internet that DHL was the first to offer personally delivered documents by air from San Francisco to Honolulu. So it makes the point uh, about how really the first outreach, I guess, for DHL was to be more of a, uh, a delivery, sir, a deliverer of packages and, and other items uh, outside of the U.S. And uh, interesting uh, understanding of how, I guess, in effect, you were buying uh, Airborne Express to buy the, the network and the channels and the capability of being able to get in the game uh, here in the U.S. We got about Uh, With the three or four minutes we have left in this segment, let's talk advertising real quickly. I understand that uh, uh, when you were working with Ogilvy and Mather in New York on DHL's first U.S. campaign, I understand the strategy was for DHL to directly and not so subtly, uh, I might add, go after FedEx and UPS. Looking back on it, it makes a lot of sense now. Uh, What was the thinking uh, when you launched that campaign?
5: Yeah, you know, we we could have gone very quietly um, into the marketplace and and not made a lot of noise, but we had, you know, the challenge of, again, people not really understanding when you said DHL, um, they didn't know it, much less did they know what it did or what services it offered. So as we began really going through and doing the research of, um, you know, what was really going to turn up the dial as we talked to customers, there were a couple of things that really came out. One was when you think about Americans and the way that Americans love choices, there really are only two dominant players here in the U.S. to even use for express delivery services, and we know that's FedEx and UPS. Right. Um, You know, if you don't use one, the only other option you have is the other. And so Americans as a whole, as we began to test the idea of really putting a third player into the market, loved it. You know, they said the duopoly could be over with, and now there would actually be another choice. Mm. And Americans love a challenger brand. Um, You know, you see it everywhere you go. So uh, that was an interesting point of view for us. We really had an opportunity because we believed uh, that the customer segment being served by the express market was ready for another player. But the other thing we had to do, which was really... Such a challenge and very delicate to be honest with you um, was to really consider should we leverage the competition in our advertising and we we really struggled with that for a bit and we finally decided absolutely when you're the number one player you generally don't um, go after number three but when you're number three um, it's yeah. easier to go after number one or two position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what we did by leveraging the competition was not disparage them, but we very quickly, in the communication, um, distilled uh, to people that we were in the shipping and express shipping business. So, without having to tell people what we were, we quickly established that by leveraging the competition and our advertising. And I think, you know, the success of it is the awareness, obviously. Uh, rose very significantly. So, if you take 19 percent is where we started today, we're sitting at 66 percent overall unaided awareness, um, and we actually attained 50 percent in the first year and a half. So, that's pretty pretty aggressive awareness uh, goals by any standards.
1: I think it's well, also you know, interesting that uh, mentioning express delivery hmm? that uh, you're not talking about the postal service because that ain't just going to happen. Uh, right. <laughs> that's right, right. not even a player. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, hopefully, your package will get there and let's raise the price and uh, have a nice day. And there's also that fine customer service aspect of the United States Postal Service. Right. As well.
2: And there's always the possibility of a gunfight.
1: I, I always feel so good and so welcomed when I ever, whenever I go into that. But it sure, is fun to see your, <laughs> it sure is fun to see your trucks out there as well. And our special guest, uh, Karen Jones, with us out of South Florida, the uh, the North American headquarters of DHL out of uh, Plantation, Florida, Vice President of Advertising Brand Promotions for DHL. And uh, we could, uh, well, why don't we do this? Let's take a break and come back and talk more with Karen. We'll be back in a moment.
0: Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the Advertising Show. If you got the time.
1: Karen was singing along with that one, too, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I guess not. Uh, Karen Jones, Vice President of Advertising and uh, Brand and Promotions at uh, DHL. DHL.com, if you don't know, is a website. That's a very simple website, the letters DHL. Hey, Karen, thanks for being with us, and welcome back to the Advertising Show. Sure.
2: Yeah, and Karen, you know Ray and I were uh, talking before the uh, before the uh, segment uh, off the air just a second ago that that we understand that there's a bit of an inside joke that you and DHL CMO Dick Metzler uh, had, uh, and, and with something like yellow is number one and brown is number two. So uh, if there's any truth I'm to that,
5: to keep that one internal.
2: <laughs> y- you do. Well, I'm wondering if, like, if guess what I was hoping. Out. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, you can talk internally, but mm-hmm. you can't hide from the advertising show. Yeah, we yeah, do our I've dig here. Any other inside jokes you want to share with us while we're talking? Probably not. She's liking her job. No, we won't. No,
5: no, no, but we did have a good laugh about that for sure.
2: Yeah, well, uh, you know, staying with your uh, a little bit on strategy and so forth. After doing research, I understand your marketing group discovered that a, a key differentiator for DHL was providing excellent customer service, and uh, which then uh, sparked the second phase of your marketing strategy with the theme "customer services back in shipping," uh, which I incidentally really liked, and I know Ray has well because we've made comment here on the on the show about that. Isn't customer service, Karen, a problem for not only the shipping industry but but just business in general and, and if so, you know how do you, how do you attack that issue?
5: Yeah, you know it, it is, and I think that's why it resonated um, so much with our customer base because it's not only you know part of uh, the issue in the shipping industry but across many many industries as a whole, but you know you know kind of back to thinking about the initial campaign that we you know took to the market, it really was about creating an awareness of people just being able to understand who we were and, again, what we did. Um, But, you know, it was a short-term campaign. We knew that it wasn't the long-term sustainability we needed to begin to put a point of differentiation into the marketplace. So, you know, right after we launched that, we got very serious about um, talking about now what is our really unique point of difference vis-a-vis the competition. And, again, we went back to um, the tables of research looking at both companies prior and then Um, research of the merge companies together, and what kept coming um, front line time and time again as we talked to not only our customers, but potential customers as well, is that any experience that they had with DHL uh, or Airborne, for that fact, um, they found this company to be a very uniquely different company in the way that it handled customers a much more flexible company, a much more human company, much more responsive. And so, you know, when you look at FedEx and UPS, they've built their capabilities um, on being very process-oriented and very efficient companies, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but when a lot of times it comes at the expense of being able to humanly handle a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we, uh, again, heard time and time again was, You know, when we call DHL, it's just fundamentally a different attitude, spirit, and approach to us as a customer of your company than what we get with the competition. So we knew we really had some, you know, a leg up with this. And so what we did was we knew the next phase, you know, the first phase was what. uh, Now, you know, the next phase was how are we going to convince them that we're different, right? What are we? And now how are we different? Uh, So it all led us down, all paths, you know, led to Rome, which was really about um, bringing a different customer service experience back to the shipping industry. And again, it resonated so well, uh, the message out of the gate because of the, you know, general lack of customer service across many industries. And what we're doing, you know, moving forward is, uh, the nice thing about it is it's actually not just an ad campaign, but it is our business strategy as we move forward forward. Uh, We have, in the last year, uh, actually brought in a leader, uh, an EVP of customer experience. We have an entire organization that's being built um, and put together in order to really make that the heart and soul of what this company is all about. Um, And so we've gone through a number of um, key customer touch points, beginning to identify how do we take that experience and make it even better as it relates to our customers. So what you're going to see uh, coming out in 2007 is really more work around um, how we're now taking customer service with definitive proof points, not just a spirit and an attitude, um, but those proof points that really begin to deliver um, the difference in how we treat and handle customers at all levels from pickup and delivery. Um, to the way that we treat them when they call in on the telephone and the services that we offer them.
2: Well, you know, it's it's one thing to uh, lay claim to saying you want to improve customer service and have a campaign to promote that, but it's it? uh, yeah, it's a whole nother to to really and courageous, I might add, for a corporate uh, any corporation the size of DHL in any business for for that matter, to really decide to attack something that I think uh, and Ray and I've again talked a lot about this here on the show. We uh, serve, customer service is so lacking. I think most consumers have just given up on ex- on expectations. Sure, so it's, it's a, lip
1: service, basically.
2: Yeah. And so, therefore, the bar has been lowered in a lot of cases where the expectation isn't there. Real quickly, uh, uh, the second phase, we, we talked about this on the show uh, a while back. The second phase of the rebranding campaign kicked off in uh, New York City at, at Times Square. And the idea was the random act of kindness, which I thought was really cool. Who came oh, up with that? it's a great spot. And we, uh, why don't we hold that, Brad? Because we've, okay. we've, we've,
1: we've got to take a break here. We'll call and, that a tease. Uh, it would be a tease, right? It's yes. Jones, Vice President of Advertising Brand- and promotions DHL. DHL.com, we've got Karen for another segment here on the Advertising Show. By the way, the Advertising Show website is really cool. That's thanks in part to our good friends at shipple.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. It's a thing called Tendency. Check it out.
0: Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com This is the Advertising Show.
5: Hey, 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 that
0: supply of ritz seems on the prints. No, no, stop, darling. Don't blow
5: your top. It's the
1: advertising show. Ray and Brad Forsyth, and our special guest is uh, Karen Jones out of South Florida. South Florida, you hear all about the talk about the alligators and everything like that. Now, Mm -hmm. there's a little community in Florida. I don't think it's South Florida. I think it's more toward the middle of the state that has bears, and they're trying to get rid of the bears. So my thing is, why don't you just have the alligators go get them? Sure. Uh, Okay. Makes sense. We've solved that, basically. Yeah. Karen, do you go, go swimming in the uh, canals much or no? No, not okay. at all. Good. That's <laughs> she has all all limbs to prove it. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Welcome back to the show, Karen. Great to have you here
5: great thanks
2: for having yeah, me yeah and so just as we lost uh, time last segment uh, you know for those that uh, live in new york and new york area they they may be you know got totally blown away seeing uh, dhl people passing out free umbrellas bottled water and offering free taxi and rickshaw rides back when you guys were kicking off the rebranding campaign in uh, times square talk a little bit about uh, the idea behind having uh, dhl staffers performing such unusual acts of random, uh, random acts of kindness, especially in New York City.
5: Yeah, it was really an exciting day. You know, we obviously wanted to take our message to market and really drive home the point um, that we were a company that was about serving the customer. And we thought, what better way to do it than to launch in Times Square, where there's so many people every single day. Um, you know up and down the streets and what better way to do it than to demonstrate to them acts of kindness so we had um, you know bottles of water to your point umbrellas we gave away free hot dogs Um, you know we gave rickshaw rides we actually gave free taxi rides and it was interesting because people in New York City could not believe we were actually giving free rides. <laughs> and they questioned it, saying, Are you sure this isn't going to cost me?
2: Where are you uh, taking me? Plantation.
5: <laughs> we actually took them wherever they wanted to go. So yeah. we hired the London taxi cabs, and they were able to take people wherever they wanted to That's go. Cool. The net effect was we got wonderful press coverage just from that. And, um, it obviously helped us with the message we were trying to get to market, but was quite fun too, you know, in pulling that off.
2: Yeah, and you know, we again we reported about that uh, here on the advertising association. So you, so you got press with us as well. I think uh, before I talk about sponsorships with DHL, which I thought would be interesting, let's get a little. Let's go off uh, script here for a second and get a little bit of the slice of life and times of a Vice President of Advertising Brand and Promotions for a, a company like DHL. What's it? And, and don't say there is no typical week. What's a typical week like for Karen Jones? <laughs> There is no typical uh, week. That's why I love this you know, job. Yeah, I know.
5: That's, that's just, you know, how it is. It, it Nothing is ever typical. And and one week it's an advertising crisis. The next week it's a sponsorship crisis. The next week it's a, a promotion that you've been trying to get going and something's just not working. Uh, so the key the there
2: is the word crisis, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, You're, there's yeah. a
5: crisis in anything that you do these days because everything yeah. needs to be done, you know, tomorrow and uh You know, you've got to move and react very quickly, especially when you're in a competitive uh, industry like we are and up against Mm -hmm. the giants that we're up against. Um, You know, there is no typical week. Um, There really isn't, and it ebbs and flows, and it kind of depends on uh, the activity of the moment and what you have going on as a major market focus during that time frame. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have, you know, in addition to building the brand, we have a lot of products that we're trying to... um, promote as well. A lot of product campaigns that we uh, put to the marketplace um, for specific service offerings. And so uh, those all fall within different time frames. And, uh, you know, right on top of that, it's inevitably, it's the all-star game or the Olympics that are happening and it's hurry up and get all those things done and get those products launched too. So, uh, you know, very busy. Really? How many?
2: How many different uh, marketing service companies uh, work do you uh, do you work with for uh, DHL? Is Ogilvy still your agency, of course, right?
5: Yeah, Ogilvy is our um, ad agency. Uh, Ogilvy One is our direct response and direct marketing agency as well, mm-hmm. and then uh, we work with IMG, who uh, helps us with all of our uh, sponsorships, sports marketing. Um, events and venues that we do. Those are the three primaries. But obviously, we have a, a number of other agencies that help us with uh, some smaller DM campaigns, as well as you know collateral and point of sale materials and. And all of the typical things that you need with all the campaigns you're taking to market,
2: and, and any uh, non-traditional uh, media agencies that you work with.
5: Well, the non-traditional capabilities generally come through Ogilvy. I mean, Ogilvy has, you know, being a WPP um, right. property has access to pretty much everything that we need. All the uh, uh, crazy viral things that we've been doing in the marketplace, you know, and served up by them, and they use a number of other partners and capabilities
1: there. And Brad never got around to asking his question he had a question about his DHL frequent flyer miles as well. That's so true. I'll we'll have to save it for next show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Karen, thanks for being with us. It's been fun, and uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us here on the Advertising Show.
5: Great. Thanks
1: for having me. Thanks, Karen. Back in just a minute with more of the Advertising Show.
0: You're listening to the advertising show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Who's got baby oil? has got baby oil.
1: Classic spot and uh, back with more here, with here on the advertising show. Ray Shillins, Brad Forsyth. Thanks uh, thanks a lot to Karen Jones. Karen lives, by the way, in a very nice place uh, in South Florida. Plantation is a beautiful, beautiful community. So uh, yeah. and
2: well, she makes a lot of dough.
1: Well, you need to to live in Plantation, okay? Is that right? <laughs> exactly. Well, South Florida in general, it's, it's right. expensive. Uh, Daryl Rhea is going to be with us uh, next, uh, next week, principal and CEO at uh, Cheskin, and we're looking forward to, uh, to talking with Daryl. So we've got uh, that up for uh, next week here on the Advertising Show. Here's, here's a place that uh, Karen would like to, to shop, I'm sure. It's called Neiman Marcus. Oh, yeah. And uh, what they're doing is she she has uh, Neiman Marcus out of uh, actually, I guess they're they're out of Dallas. Right. uh, It's about to open a new type of store. they will probably raise their rates. Uh, Cusp is the name of it. It's as in the on the edge or Mm -hmm. in the forefront of fashion, a boutique for younger shoppers with slimmer wallets. (laughs) <laughs> really? Slimmer wallets. That means they have thin credit cards. Uh, four pilot stores will be opening in the next uh, several months, the uh, Dallas-based luxury chain confirmed. Uh, two in the Washington area, one in L.A. One location hasn't yet been announced, but there are no plans for a Dallas store. While well, the concept is uh, tested, uh, according to a spokesperson. So hmm. uh, 21 to 45, it's called Cusp, C-U-S-P. 21 to 45, that's a broad demo. It's an unusual demo. Yeah. Uh, when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, it's very broad because right? it kind of has... you know it kind of crosses the uh, kind of crosses the two different ones.
2: Well, fashion especially uh, ups is it well? It'll be interesting. I'll go in. Uh, I'll go in one of those cusps one of these days it when we get well, one open.
1: Okay, it says Cusps will carry a few higher priced luxury items, but selectively. Uh, stores eclectic mix including jewelry and some books and some music, and they'll have huh. uh, polished concrete floors, aka Old Navy, exposed sure. ceilings, aka Old Navy. Merchandise grouped by by key looks, and uh, all the red bags or all the hobo bags might be together. So if you're looking for a hobo bag or a red bag, uh, Brad, uh, you can go there.
2: We and think it's different <laughs> They said. Yeah. right." Well, you know, real quickly, I know we have a, we have a get or we need to get to. Oh, Fox yeah. has uh, said that they've sold out advertising in next week's Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Oh, cool. Uh, the net, yeah, the network said it got uh, increases in the mid-to-high single-digit range on the cost-per-thousand. Uh, viewer bases and what's interesting about this ray 35 percent of commercials in the game are accounted for by mlb sponsors and of course that would be dhl being one of them and uh in addition the uh what's interesting about this ray is that if uh, the the major league baseball players are all juiced up now mm-hmm. apparently the sales staff at juiced fox up, is exactly. juiced up too yeah yeah exactly Or hopped up on something they sold this thing out you know uh, in uh, next week so well, more power to him. that's great nothing like that yeah, is uh, good
1: coming off the uh, the long holiday weekend not this weekend but this past weekend mm-hmm. uh it was good did, oh by the way did you have your hot dog for no for, you didn't okay. no nope. okay.
2: Well, i sorry. missed that too my, my wife and i discussed it and I, I tried. you know that book that radio book that we uh launched a few years ago it's a diet book two-pager yeah Eat and less, exercise on, more, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we're going to have a new book out. It's going to be a, a, a new and improved. And on the third page, it's going to say, and try to make better choices in what you eat, which is what I'm trying to do. So I, I avoided the hot so dog So you got this the year. hot dog?
1: Well, that's too bad.
2: And I won't even do a turkey dog, because a hot dog should taste like a hot dog. Hot and hot I ever have a hot dog, yeah. Exactly. If I have a hot dog, I want a real one. <laughs> exactly. Where you're not sure what's in it. I like that. And then you ladle it with some chili, and you're not sure what's in that either.
1: Oh no! You def- definitely don't know what's in there, and the cheese, <laughs> the grated cheese, could be anything.
2: And you got to have mustard on and, and it, and ketchup. that's now that. And you got to wash it down with a beer. Okay, let's go
1: uh, <laughs> after the show. Let's uh, yes. let's take a break now for a gentleman who's kind of smart in the uh, in the business and sales area. His name is Jeffrey Gittimer here on the advertising show. <laughs>
3: Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. How important is networking? Listen,
6: if you're trying to be successful, it's the difference between mediocre and big. Networking is life skills and social skills combined with sales skills and engagement skills. It's business leisure, conducted before and after work as opposed to business frantic, which is conducted from nine to five. Oh, the exception being lunch. Networking is a mandatory function of business for salespeople and entrepreneurs, but everybody in every segment of commerce and career networks. Great scientists, electrical engineers, surgeons, they all have their annual meeting of some kind and they get together and and talk shop. Giant trade shows attract buyers and sellers from all over the world to network. Well, in order for you to be a successful networker, you need a great 30-second commercial that engages and asks questions that qualify the prospect and get to the next step in the sales cycle if there's an interest. You need to be willing to go to dedicate the time that it takes to be excellent at that 30-second personal commercial and You need a plan of where and when to execute it. Go for it. 30 seconds.
3: Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say...
6: This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to
1: your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. It's the Advertising Show. Rachel and Brad Forsyth. Hope you can join us uh, next week. Uh, Daryl Rhea, principal and CEO of Cheskin uh, here at the Advertising Show. Um, happy birthday to baby boomers. It's uh, a <laughs> 60th birthday in stride to members of the generation that didn't trust anybody over 30. Can you believe it, Brad? Mm, Are yeah. starting to turn 60, and they're apparently finding eh, it's not so bad. Uh, George W. Did. George uh, W. had a birthday. Yes, he did this past week,
2: uh turning sixty, mm-hmm.
1: so it was that was nice. Happy birthday, George.
2: Wonder what uh wonder if he backslid and did some drugs or anything. I, I kinda doubt that actually. No, I doubt it. I think he's a little bit different, well, so well Laura wouldn't let him do that either. That's right. Your wife? Not no. No. Right. Laura Bush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either one of them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you have
1: anything else to add here? We, we not really. To, I, I've had dance, so much.
2: I've had so much fun, and you, you got me all hungry, making me talk about that hot, hot dog, dog with stuff. chili and I the really beer. Really
1: apologize. Here's what I'm
2: at least having the beer.
1: No, well that's fine. You can have a beer, a nice light beer, and go for some uh, light for beer. Some sea bass or no, not light beer. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah.
2: How about a longboard? A longboard? Yeah. Is that a beer? Yeah, Kona, you know, Kona beer. Oh, the
1: Kona beer, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll be right over. Yeah. Uh, we, we hope you join us next week. Go to theadvertisingshow.com. Great website, The Advertising Show, brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. And
5: until next week, we'll see you. This is a Big Radio Midgets production.